It's time for episode 210 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 11th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that will be with you in just a minute. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How are you doing today? Hello, Dan. I am doing just peachy. It's chilly here, and I have the windows open, and the dogs are barking about it now in excitement. It's great. I'm so happy about it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this is the show where we talk tech with two fantastic guests. To my left, she writes for the Mac Observer, and she's also uh, an app Camp for Girls cheerleader Kelly Gamat is back. Welcome back, Kelly. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me back. Delighted to have you here. And to my left is the dad <laughs> at Modern Dad. Uh, it is Phil Nickinson, a tech reviewer extraordinaire. How you doing, Phil? I want to know how you know I'm to your left. Are you watching me? <laughs> Look, I cannot confirm or deny. What kind but of yes. creepy tech does does Micah have? <laughs> That's not a topic today. Come That's... on. <laughs> all right. Well, Probably you know... not as much as me. <laughs> yeah, this is not a competition, guys. Everyone can have all the creepy tech they want. Um, all right, let's kick things off. I've got our first topic for today. Tim Cook gave an interview with The Independent in which he says that the tech for augmented reality glasses isn't quite there yet, which really only convinces me that Apple is definitely working on these. Uh, is that something that interests you? Do you think it's something that will happen? What are your thoughts on it? Kelly? I was really interested to hear him say that, partly because, like you said, um, you know, Apple doesn't tend to talk about stuff unless it's something that they're working on. Like, those are the kind of subjects that they, they tend to stick to. So hearing him um, in a weird way, I mean, not completely unexpected, given that AR kit was such a big deal at, at WWDC and things like that. So um, it was just very interesting to hear about the the glasses, like the head, you know, the, the headgear is the thing that that isn't quite where it needs to be, which, like you, I thought, oh, well, he thinks that because Apple's working on it and they're not there yet. Like, you know, he's not really talking about, like, the technology isn't there. He's talking about Apple hasn't nailed it. Like, that was, I took it exactly how you took it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, we've heard some rumors about this, for sure. We've heard that maybe Apple was uh, experimenting with technology and other companies, too, have considered AR glasses. And yeah, I think that this is probably the case here. We're seeing Apple um, being very much into AR. And if they're packing... Um, special chips and special technology into iPhone to make that a possibility just like through looking on your phone, I don't see why they wouldn't also be experimenting with some other ways. Because one of the main things that we see with uh, the complaints about augmented reality is the fact that you sort of have to hold up your phone and look at things through this uh, small window into this other augmented world. And if you've got these frames up against your face, then it becomes a bigger part of your part of your world. So I can definitely <laughs> see Apple experimenting with this for sure. Sorry about the singing. Bill, what do you think? I owned Google Glass once upon a time. I no longer own Google Glass. And I guess my question would be, what's changed since then? Um, 
battery constraints haven't significantly changed since then. Density is still density. You only have so much room, you know, physical room to work with on glasses. And AR, as we know it today, is probably more power hungry than whatever Google Glass was doing back in the day. So, I mean, the, the physical and technological constraints of that sort of platform, I don't think have really changed that much in the past three or four years. And of course, Apple's working on it. Apple, like everybody else, is working on everything all the time. Yeah, I, I agree with most of you. I, I agree with you, Phil, that the, the, the technology has not progressed as much since Google Glasses, certainly to make this a viable product in the short term. In the long term, I agree as well. It's definitely working on this because why wouldn't you? Um, Micah makes the point of holding your phone up. I think that's going to become the biggest impediment to AR if the software of it takes off is that people will get very frustrated. I've I tried a couple AR games on my iPad, and there's nothing more tiring than holding an iPad up pointed at a table <laughs> and trying to use your other hand to manipulate stuff it is so damn awkward uh so why wouldn't you make a more immersive display for that if you could um and this is a typical tim cook sort of non-denial denial where it's like oh yeah that's that's not there yet but you know i feel like <laughs> yeah steve jobs did the same thing plenty of times it's just like we don't think anything else is good enough but the solution that we're working on will be uh thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from kelly so i'd like to talk for a minute about diversity i hope you can hear my air quotes there um (laughs) but i kind of want to call it what it is which is sometimes people suck and it seems like lately the people we're hearing about that suck the most are white dudes sorry white dudes who don't suck um Right now, I here's the thing is that there's a lot of hand-wringing that goes on about this and people sort of stand around and, and wonder what we should be doing and, and what could be happening instead. And so I just want to talk about, like, part of what put this on my mind was the headlines of the last four to five days. Like Dan said, I'm a founding volunteer of App Camp for Girls, and uh, we literally yesterday launched a fundraiser a new fundraiser, uh, App Camp 2020. We want to expand into three new cities. It's going to take a ton of work, and we're ready for it. And we're doing what, you know, I'm one of the people who's actually trying to take action to do what I can to help make this problem better for other people so that other people don't have to walk the path I walked to get where I am. And I don't want that to have to happen to people. And so one of the things that's sort of been on my mind lately is how how other pe- how other organizations are approaching this or how other fields are approaching this like i'm in tech so i'm trying to help tech and app camp for girls is how we're doing that and i haven't seen a lot of sort of app camp for girls organizations or women in tech organizations you know in other fields like in hollywood like i've seen a little bit of it in science but science and tech are very close and and you know i'm not i haven't seen that in a lot of other fields and so that was the thing i was sort of wondering about it's hard because it's on my mind but also in a weird way it was sort of a relief for this uh sucky white dude to not be in technology like to get to hear about it and not and and be sort of relieved that people weren't going to come talk to me about it like it was somehow something that i would know a lot about because i'm not in hollywood so so in a weird way, it was sort of relieving to not have to be part of that conversation. And it can be taken over by, you know, Angelina Jolie and, and people like that, you know, who, who people want to hear from. And so it was, it was, like I said, it was sort of a relief. But um, I'm wonder, I guess I kind of want to ask you guys, like, um, 
what what sort of stuff you have seen where you are and from your perspective like what other people are doing to make it so that tech is less 100 percent white dudes um i mean honestly uh, so i'm with you there it, it is nice to you know one of the big things that i see with inclusivity and diversity is the fact that those of us who are in marginalized communities end up doing a crap ton of work um a lot of work to to push for inclusivity and diversity and uh it is sort of in in a as you're you know you're talking about here nice to see the the buck get passed, I guess, to, to <laughs> the ball get passed to someone um, who's in more of a position of power and can make a difference in that way. So um, I think, you know, tech has a long way to go again, you know, lots of hand wringing and things like that. But um, slowly but surely, we're seeing programs like App Camp uh, get get funding and get raised up and are changing things for the future. And I think the, the biggest thing uh, to me, and the thing that I see sort of the most change happening right now is just everyone being everyone who's who's aware of of the issues, uh, calling out the issues and talking about the issues and not letting things just fly by and and being allies to people who are in um, who who are marginalized and uh, who who exist in these smaller groups. So. You know, if you're in a, a board meeting and you see something, say something about how someone keeps getting talked over or, or someone's being ignored or uh, that idea didn't actually come from me. It came from her, but you listened to it when it came from me. And that's not a good thing. Um, the, the idea that we don't ignore these things or just hope that they'll get better. But if we're in any position of power at all that we do something to, to make those changes, I think is the best thing that we can do right now. As for the future, it's just about making it so that things are more inclusive. And uh, I, th I think slowly but surely, these different foundations and organizations are working to make the future better. And despite all of the negativity and the badness that's going on in our world right now, I do have hope for that future, uh, that Star Trek future. <laughs> Phil, what about you? What do you think? I think I just spent the past five minutes doing what us straight white guys who aren't oppressed in any way, shape, or form need to do, and that's that's listen. Um, I keep, and I've been thinking a lot about this as well. I've got two young daughters who are going to have to deal with a lot of this crap too, and I don't want them to. But I keep thinking back to my days a decade ago in the newsroom, and I worked in a newspaper full of strange and wonderful people who are. You know, we were all very different in, in very different ways, whether it's race or sexual orientation or socioeconomic or political or whatever. And that's part of what made that place so great. It's part of what made it hard. It's it's and it's part of what made it so awesome. Just so many different people. And I remember my boss for a long time was a black woman. And I remember I forget what we were talking about. I remember her finally saying you know, you know what, guys, and, and you know, she's basically talking down to us like we're a bunch of kids because we were um, saying, guys, I love you. I appreciate that you're 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 trying to wrap your heads around this. But the simple fact is you do not know what it's like. You will never know what it's like. And that's that's not to say you don't appreciate it. That's not to say you don't want to have empathy for it, but you won't know what it's like. And you need to recognize that you need to remember that. And, and that really stuck with me. And and that's true for all sorts of things, 
politics, whether it's conservative issues or, or gender issues or race issues, just shut the hell up, listen, and try to learn from something <laughs> from the people in the room with you. Yeah, I, I agree with what you've all said at this point. Um, you know, this has come up in a, in a number of different ways uh, in the headlines recently. And it's, you know, like Phil, as a, a straight white guy, uh, you know, I have to sit back and listen and spend a lot of time, you know, processing and and lend my support where I can by, you know, helping boost the signals of people who who maybe don't have as much prominence and so on. Um, I like to think we do a decent job on this show of trying to invite on people from different backgrounds and different uh, with different viewpoints, etc. I've watched this in a number of places. I was talking to a friend of mine just within the last couple of days about this. He works at a small tech company that's gotten bigger and bigger over the years, but he talked about when they started out. Um, one of the things that they, you know, tried to do was any, you know, having women apply to their company, basically they automatically gave any woman who applied to their company an interview, like just so like that was an easy thing they could do that would seem like it could help, you know, eliminate sort of some of those hoops that people have to jump through. Um, and you know, that's, that's, there are little decisions like that, that I think can, can go a long way. Um, and, and certainly supporting the, the efforts of things like app camp, you know, I look at, um, I have a, a cousin who has two young daughters and I recently, uh, gave them one of those, um, the Kano computers, the, like the build yourself thing yeah. and just like giving them the opportunity and saying like, this is a cool thing. Like investigate this, like getting them excited about it at an early age, I feel like is a good step towards, you know, changing the face of the industry by making it accessible and making it like, this is something that you can do. This is something you can be interested in. Thank you for your thoughts on that. It is actually halftime. And at halftime, we like to tell you about our sponsors. And today's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in just seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distribution, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans now start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Uh, Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. And if you want to keep it up there, Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server's up, they keep it that way. Linode's great for plenty of tasks like hosting a large database or running a mail server, a private Git server if you're a developer, operating powerful applications, and so much more. You can even scale it all the way down. I run a WordPress blog on Linode. It's great for that as well. As I said up top, Linode has fantastic pricing options available. You can get a server with one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and you can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for just $60 a month. Across the board, Linode offers twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code clockwise2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting the show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over, and that means we're uh, on to you. Micah, what do you got for us? 
All right. So I am just curious. Uh, of course, Phil, I've been watching you, so I know about yours. But I'm curious about. No, I'm kidding. I'm curious about your ergonomics. Uh, do you have a special chair? You got some uh, gel wrist rests, an on-call massage therapist, a foot spa, uh, a trained dog. That I, I have no idea. I just want to know uh, what you are or aren't doing to maintain good posture and limit things like repetitive strain injuries. Phil, let's start with you. Oh my god! So I'm sitting here in this this really cheap IKEA chair with like <laughs> like my legs crossed, sitting up in the chair, and I have the iPhone has like the world's best haptics, right? Well, I I have the phone is like sitting there on the chair in my nether regions, and nothing will get you to sit up straighter than when an, like a, an email comes in and I totally forgot where the phone was. It, so if I yelped while you were speaking just now, that's why. Um, so that's one way to do it. Um, I also have one of those weird stools from Automatic. It's I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I I think I it's like a mushroom, a right? Yeah, it looks like a mushroom. Like it doesn't have feet. It just kind of balances. And I I'm still not sure if you're supposed to like sit on it or if you're supposed to. Sometimes I just put one cheek on it and then use the other leg to prop myself up. Um, that and a standing desk are I think you know standing desk is key. Get out of the chair. Get out of the chair. Yeah, I have a uh, adjustable sit-stand desk, which I try to use um, frequently, but the answer is never frequently enough. Um, but overall, I think all the answers are, I could probably be doing a lot more. I, I'm still using my nice uh, Aeron chair that uh, my former employer uh, bought for me many years ago, and hopefully it will uh, keep going for a little while there. And it, it does okay, but I think Phil's right that like getting up and and not sitting in the chair all the time is a, is a big deal. And unfortunately, and I'm lucky enough to work at home where I don't have to sit at my desk all day. I can move around, I can get up, I can take a walk, etc. And I think being able to break up those long stretches is is the most important thing of all for me. Kelly, what about you? So I have a few things. Um, some are very big things and some are very small things. I too work at home, so I have the opportunity. And what I try to do is schedule, like, mentally, like, every day, like, what's the thing I need to do today? Like, maybe today it's walk away and empty the dishwasher or it's uh, walk away and do a load of laundry or whatever. Um, so I try to put those in my day to break things up. But also, um, I when I went to a trackpad, uh, sitting on my desk when I had the opportunity to do that. I bought a magic trackpad a million billion years ago. So I really like that. Another thing that I did is I have a sitting, uh, a sit-stand desk, and it's basically permanently in standing. What I did was to combine both of your recommendations is uh, I too have a cheap Ikea chair, but it's a bar mm. stool so that it's all, I'm always like a lot, I'm, I'm basically standing up or just barely sitting down for the most part. Um, and then that way, in my mind, it makes it easier to walk away because I don't have to get up because I'm already most of the way up by sort of leaning against a bar stool instead of sitting, sitting. So uh, those are things that I that I end up doing uh, to to make it better. But I do I walk away a lot. Another thing that I do to take breaks is I listen to my Apple Watch, which tells me at ten to the hour if I've been sedentary for too long, I need to go walk around. So I will go walk up the stair, up and down the stairs in my house, or you know, one of those opportunities is when I'll go do chores or something. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I need to get better about uh, walking around for sure. I have a sit-stand desk as well. Um, and I just bought a chair from uh, Autonomous. Uh, it's called the Ergo Chair 2. And basically, it's like a more budget-friendly version of some of those incredibly expensive chairs. Um, and it's got all the fancy sort of shift around and shift about. But I, the thing I always forget to do is make sure that my knees are bent at 90-degree angles. So yeah, I'll often have my feet crossed or I'll have them up on the chair. And then um, I luckily, I did a lot of uh, speech and debate and theater stuff in school. So posture isn't too much of an issue for me. But occasionally, I'll find myself slouching. And I use Apple Watch's stand notifications also as sort of a, a time to check my posture and will sort of reorient myself in that. Um, but one of the main things that I'm really bad about is keeping my wrists of, of not keeping my wrists up and resting them instead. And I've started to notice a little bit of um, pain in the wrist and tingling in my fingers. And I know that that's the, the, yeah, the start of bad stuff. So that's what uh, brought this question to me. Uh, uh, something I'll be paying more attention to going forward. But thank you all for your answers. All great answers. Let's go to Phil for the last question. Two things before that. One, I'm leaving my phone right where it is. You can't stop me. <laughs> Second is, I need to add on to the earlier question. Don't just listen like I was earlier, but damn straight, say something. Uh, sorry, I wanted to get that out. My thing, let's get political or not. I don't think anyone out there at this point can dispute the power that Facebook and Twitter have in national conversations, not just elections, but just entire moods and, and how we feel about our day. And I'm to the point where I think we've just given them too much power over ourselves. But that doesn't mean I want to quit using them. That's how I mm -hmm. get to like see what Micah's doing and cool stuff going on and, and old friends and all that. How do we reconcile the bad with the good? Because some days I just want to hang it all up. And other days I just want to keep <laughs> screaming all the good stuff we can to try to overpower the bad. And I don't have an answer. I want an answer. Somebody, Dan, give me an answer. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think you're right on on the money to a certain extent in that some days you feel like hanging it all up. Some days you just got to take a break. I think we all need uh, that ability to walk away from the the constant uh, barrage of information. Not even, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, you got to admit that it's just sort of constantly uh, there. It's always in the background and it can be, um, it can be a, a tough thing to deal with. Uh, I... You know, I keep yelling at people on Twitter to stop using Twitter so much. That really isn't working. Um, <laughs> I, I I feel the same way, though, you know, like, because it is tough. But I also do, as someone who, like many of us, works at home and works by themselves, it's my connection to so many people. And and some of that has shifted. I've I've used Slack more because it's sort of more a more intimate setting. It's a smaller groups of people. And I find that it's a little easier to dip in and dip out. Um, and some of it for me is just being able to sort of choose my my level of engagement and and figure out when I'm going to uh, sit back and, and look at social media and when I'm going to ignore it entirely. And I feel like that's that's true with a lot of things in life, right? Like, you know, I can think of any numbers of things like junk food that I like, know I need to not do as much. But some days you just really need to eat a Twinkie, right? Like just some days. You don't do it every day. But some days you need to eat a Twinkie. So I think moderation in all things has always been my watchword. And as much as it's possible to do that in this day and age, that is something that I strive for. So I do a few things. Uh, first, I add, I try to bring balance to the force, particularly on Twitter. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. So 
primarily what I'm talking about is Twitter. And with Twitter, I follow um, uh, frivolous accounts. I follow an account called Emoji Meadow and an account called Positive Strawberry and an account called, uh, I don't remember the Twitter name, but it's like, here's your reminder. And so a couple times throughout the day, it's like, please take a minute to eat something if you haven't today, or please take a minute and listen to a song that you like. And so I add that sort of stuff and, you know, like um, emergency kittens and things like that. Like I add that stuff to my Twitter feed as well, but I also... I think sometimes people forget that they also have control over their Twitter feed. So if you're following Debbie Downer on Twitter, you don't have to. Like, that's on you that your feed has gone that direction if everyone you're following is like that all the time. Maybe you need to follow different people or just start um, a Twitter list and have, like, here are the people I actually know in real life and want to be able to interact with all the time. I'm going to start this list that's this small private list. It's not published or anything. And, like, this is the people I want to make sure I catch up with. For myself, I try to find good things, and then I try to signal boost those good things so that fun stuff or entertaining stuff or things that at least aren't about how everything is terrible are also getting passed around in some way. Like someone else is going to see that. And uh, like, in addition to walking away, those are the tactics that I use. I think that last thing is, is uh, especially important that if, you know, if you have it in you and you're the type of person who does this, being the positive person on these different social media platforms is important. And I've had people reach out to me before and say that, you know, that helped them. Um, But I also get it. Like there are days where it feels sort of odd to do anything on Twitter that isn't or Facebook. Facebook or wherever that is not about the, th- the big event that's happening and you, it almost feels like you're ignoring it. And um, it is an interesting thing, sort of trying to find the balance there and a struggle. But uh, at the same time, this is sort of the way that many of us communicate. And if you can think about how you communicate in uh, IRL, uh, if you were at a coffee shop, yeah, you're going to talk about the thing that's happening, but you're also like meeting up with friends and having conversations with them. Um, I think one of the most important things, though, in terms of sort of looking at the other side of this. Um, I think it's important, and this is not a fun thing to say, but don't overestimate the impact of your social media streams. Um, I think that a lot of people sort of can rest uh, on their rest on their laurels. Uh, they can sort of think that, okay, I put out a tweet that says, I don't support this, and that's all I have to do for the year. Uh, it's great that you're getting that message out there, but it's likely that a lot of people that are following you are people who already believe many of the things that you believe, and that's likely why they're following you. And if not, then they may unfollow you. So I just think that no one should sort of Uh, get caught up in the idea that like, okay, I put out a tweet, and now I'm done. Try to find other ways of supporting the the things that you believe in and uh, doing real action, be it donations or or activism to to make changes in the world. Dan, I think we may have enough time for a bonus topic, maybe if we're all super fast. But this episode of Clockwise and our bonus question is brought to you by Bombfell. It's the online personal styling service that's dedicated to finding the right clothes for you. Now, If you're a modern person, you might like to streamline the more stressful parts of your life. And with Bombfell, you can update your look with brand new items to refresh your wardrobe. When you sign up for Bombfell, you're going to be paired with your own stylist. Guess what? That stylist is going to hand select items for you. They're also going to look through menswear collections around the world, and they're going to find some clothes that you look great in. And guess what? You only pay for what you keep, and returns are free. It is seriously the smart way to shop. Bombfell is completely flexible. 
You can push up your, your order. You can delay it. You can skip shipments at any time. Uh, I had my stylist reach out and contact me and say, hey, here are some things that I have for you. Let me know if you like them, if you hate them. And by the way, we see that you're a tall person. So I'm putting in these pants because they more often work for our tall people. I was like, thanks, stylist. How nice of you. Because a lot of times jeans end up being capris for me. Uh, so those items arrived. And if I didn't want any of them, I could send them back. The ones I kept were the ones that I paid for. So pretty doggone neat. Now we have an exclusive deal just for all of you Clockwise listeners out there. You're going to get $25 off your first purchase. That is a lot off your first purchase if you visit bombfell.com slash clockwise. Signing up is so easy. You just tell them your measurements of the kind of clothes you like in a simple questionnaire. Then you're going to get an email from the stylist and you're going to have 48 hours to make changes to your items or even cancel all of them if you don't like any of them. And then once your clothes arrive, you've got seven days to send those back if you don't want any of them. Otherwise, the payment will go through and you're good to go. And by the way, you can also sign up on behalf of your partner if you'd like to uh, pick out some styles for them. So uh, it's time to upgrade your wardrobe and feel great in the clothes you wear. You're going to go to bombfell.com slash clockwise. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash clockwise for $25 off your first purchase. Bombfell. Open and clothes. <laughs> I love it. We thank you, Bombfell, for your support of our show. All right, Dan, what do you got for us? Well, everybody likes kitchen gadgets, right? 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 What's your favorite kitchen gadget? Kelly? I want to say it's my Instant Pot, but I don't have enough mileage on that to say that for sure. So I'm going to say my uh, Zojirushi hot water boiler. Nice. I'm going to have to go with this little milk uh, frother that I got from Ikea. Not because it froths (gasps) milk, but Mm -hmm. because it can stir every beverage and every sort of... Everything! Yes, it's the perfect little (laughs) stirrer. Kelly, I'm so glad you're on team uh, frother. (laughs) Yeah, it was like five bucks and I can't... I don't know that I've ever actually frothed milk, milk with it. It's like all cocoa all the time. Right. Phil, what about you? Oh my God, so many things. I'm just going to go with my simple little French press because it brings sweet, sweet caffeine into my veins at 5.30 every morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the other end of the spectrum, which is my Breville Tea Maker, which is an amazing tea robot. Uh, all right, that's the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our wonderful guests. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And Phil Nickinson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Well, until we return next week, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Mm